1: on Local Now,
0: Channel 525. Can a TikTok Jesus bring you divine blessing? And then we're joined by Pastor John Zeos to talk about an, a migrant resettlement program going on amongst Chicagoland churches. You're listening to The Common Good. Hey friends, welcome to the Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. So glad to have you with us on this Tuesday afternoon. We're so close to Thanksgiving. I can taste the turkey. It is right there waiting for us.
1: It's very exciting. I can taste the sweet potatoes. Not the turkey. As we all know, I don't really like turkey. It's fine. Turkey's fine.
0: Turkey with gravy.
1: That that does that ups it if it's a good gravy. Yep. If it's a gross gravy, then it ruins it. Yep. So, Just happy don't be, Thanksgiving. Don't be, a,
0: don't be a Thanksgiving stooge. Okay. All right. Just be happy for got, those of I us got who like. I got a little
1: bit. Okay, you're right. I, I hear that. I'll, <laughs> you're so I'll try. anxious to
0: get to Christmas.
1: I am. I'm anxious to get to Christmas. So I might miss out. Do on Do you
0: partake by the way in Black Friday?
1: So I normally don't because that kind of stuff really stresses me out. But what's funny is my 12 year old is saving up for a specific type of computer. Like he ha- he's like, I want this monitor and this modem and this blah, blah, blah. I don't know. He's smart and he wants these things. So I might, he asked to go. And so I'm, I feel like bond- bonding, mother and son bonding. We might do the whole Black Friday thing. And that could be fun. Get up, you know, in the middle of the night. Ugh take him to one of those places. And Where we've will never this be? Done, I don't know. Best Buy? I
0: would go Best Buy. Yeah. I would tell you that's one of the ones that has usually the biggest line and yeah. crazy.
1: Yeah. But no, I, it stresses me out. So I, I don't normally. I wait until the online sales. Gotcha. Plus, I feel like, you know, someone correct me out there who's really into Black Friday, but it's never really all that awesome. No,
0: especially now that everything's online. Too. Yeah. You can do it yeah. that way.
1: It's never like...
0: Anyway. Whatever. All right. You ready? I'm going to start us in a place you did not expect us to start. <gasps> what? A TikTok Jesus promises divine blessings <laughs> and many worldly comforts. I
1: love this. Let's go. This is
0: at religion news. It says a scholar of American religion explains how a new phenomenon of Jesus images on TikTok is tapping into the prosperity gospel. A Christian belief that God will reward faith with this mm-hmm. worldly comforts. So... Uh, It is this new TikTok phenomenon where you are encouraged not to scroll. I've never been on TikTok, but you're encouraged not to scroll past this picture of Jesus. Oh, no. And all of these video Jesuses, TikTok Jesuses look oddly like Jared Leto, (laughs) like the actor. Uh, But basically, the promise kind of is uh, that if you watch this, you will be given good health.
1: Okay. You'll be got given it. prosperity. Okay, okay. You
0: will be given many blessings in your life. If and you then you watch share this it. Video.
1: Oh, so it's like chainmail. It's like old school chainmail.
0: That's not yeah. bad. Yeah. So,
1: okay.
0: Uh, so here's the, here's what the story tells us The TikTok yeah. profile Daily Believer has 70 videos with computer generated Jesuses looking directly at the viewer, beseeching them to stop scrolling and watch the next minute's worth of content. Okay. And this is it. All these Jesuses are long-haired and bearded. Some wear (laughs) crowns of thorns. Uh, Nearly all promise a surprise or quote good news soon in exchange for the viewer liking, commenting, amen, or sharing it with their friends or family. With this digital outreach, the Daily Believer, as of November 13th, had over 813 thousand followers and over 9.2 million likes. Wow. Let's talk about why this is a bad idea.
1: Wow. What, what, is a,
0: what What? do we think about this?
1: Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a scam, number one. Like, this is snake oil. This is like every other thing like it in the past, right? Like, there, I made a joke about the old chain mail, but that was a thing where like in middle school, you would get a letter and it would be like, you'd get it in the mail and it would be like, You have to send this on to 10 more people or else someone, you know, will die or something like that. And so out of fear, you'd be like, I better make 10 copies of this letter and send it around. This is like that in reverse. Like if you don't look at TikTok Jesus or these videos or whatever you something bad will happen to you. You won't get the blessing. You won't get the financial freedom. You won't get I mean, it's just it's just old school snake oil. I guess that's that's what's so wrong. You are right.
0: In the story, it tells us this is a TikTok chain letter, one whose creator can be monetarily compensated by TikTok between two to four cents for every thousand views. For example, welcome Jesus into your home could have garnered, uh, earned the creator $900 from TikTok views with the possibility of additional money earned on sites like Facebook Reels. So uh, you're right. On the creator side, this feels scammy to me. This feels this. Why would people buy into this? Let's talk about the viewer side of things. Why do we... Why do so many people believe this or yeah. want to believe this kind of thing works?
1: Okay, well, when you might believe it because you're not joking about this Jared Leto thing. This Jesus is like it's a, a romance Jesus. novel cover. He is on a here. very attractive <laughs> Jesus, so <laughs> you might want to watch it just for that reason. Uh, you know, I think oh,
0: the, you're going to get struck promise... by lightning right here into our studio. <laughs> the
1: promise of good news, right? The promise of good luck. The promise of prosperity we want that. Like, I mean, I just don't think there's not a person who like, doesn't want health and wealth and comfort. And, and uh, like in one sense, I think the sad part about it is it is like, um, kind of digging your nails into this very human tendency to want good things to happen to you. It's a little bit like manifesting, right? If I believe it hard enough, then it will happen. The hard part is that it it's a lie. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's a false gospel. It's a false version of Jesus. It's not actually any message that's in Scripture. Like, monetary motivations really have nothing to do with the gospel, period. Yes. And monetary wealth really has nothing to do with the gospel, period. Now... Is God a giver of good gifts? Yes. Does God give his children all kinds of abundant provision all the time? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's very different than like if I plant a seed of faith, God is going to make me a millionaire. That's right. If I believe hard enough God's going to do this wonderful thing for me and it's just a it's just a distorted twisted false heretical gospel and I will say even though we're joking about this good-looking Jesus it's also just a complete heresy when it comes to who Jesus actually was like um Jesus was about humility Jesus was against this kind of toxic power and this kind of um yucky wealth uh jesus was against oppression jesus scriptures talk about that actually he was not like anything special to look at like in all in all forms jesus was humble and so anything that kind of embodies a message that's not about humility is anti-gospel and it's a prosperity gospel. Yeah, it's just is the just prosperity non-gospel.
0: gospel. Listen, yeah. the Daily Believer further simplifies their traditional prosperity gospel formula. Viewers don't even really need to have a specific set of Christian beliefs to participate. Mm. All that they need to do is to write "I believe" and share the content with friends and family. Wow. So you could see the you could see it from the creator side, but yeah, totally. The, the scary side is how many people believe these types of things. Mm. We want to believe. I give $5, I get 10 back. Totally. I pray this I prayer, this that. automatically yeah. happens. We want to believe these things, but the same way, like you said, it started with chain letters or Facebook things or whatever else, this is not the way it works, but we are invited to pray. Yeah, You are invited to yeah. pray your needs. You yeah. are invited to connect with your heavenly father in much right. deeper ways right. than TikTok, uh, mm. whatever else this is. All right, coming up next, Aubrey, Pastor John Zayas. Uh, pastor of grace and peace community church right here in Chicago. He's pioneering a migrant resettlement program amongst churches. That is fascinating. We're going to talk to Pastor Zeus next year on the common good AM 1160 hope for your life. If you've missed any of our shows this week or go get the podcast, you know what yeah. our producers begun doing on the podcast is not just having whole shows on there, but like, I want to watch this. I want to listen to this interview. Yeah, that might just be so nine good. minutes, 10 right. minutes, whatever else it might be. I mean, we talked to Stephen Curtis Chapman a few I weeks mean, ago. I mean, I
1: don't know if people know what a big deal that was, but that was very, very us, exciting. Yeah. yeah, very, very We saddled
0: exciting. up our horses. Yeah, so we, like, did. we were ready to go. And uh, so it was good. All right. You might not have heard this. A little less than a year away from now. Thing we call a presidential I election. I can't
1: even believe it. Yeah. I can't. You know what's going to be a
0: calm it. place is radio <laughs> over wait. the next year. I call like
1: churches are going to be really calm. Really too. calm. It, wait, social media very peaceful. Very,
0: very, very down peaceful. the middle. It's yeah. going to be it.
1: <laughs> very balanced. All oh, very balanced. <laughs> yes. Cable news going to be looking for both sides of things. Oh, wow.
0: Uh, so Christianity Today wrote this about Gen Z. Skeptical of politicians and parties, Gen Z isn't pumped for the 2024 race. Mm. But on Christian campuses, first time voters are still trying to find their own ways to engage on the issues. Mm. Gen Z Christians are creating their own playbook when it comes to the intersection of faith and politics. Whether they're growing more cynical of partisan politics or finding hope in the power of political change, this generation sees itself branching out beyond the issues that have long driven the Christian right. Younger believers are quicker to name creation care, Hmm. prison reform, and immigration as the political causes most influenced by their faith rather than— abortion or sexuality interesting but even those who seek to get involved in politics don't align as closely with the two major parties in the US and aren't as excited about the prospects of 2024 mm, so they yeah. talk to different college campuses Calvin University and yeah. some others let's start with this because then I want to get to the issues issue <laughs> but gen Z college age out of college just not really being very excited to be part of the political process. Not surprising at all, but it seems like a big deal.
1: I mean, I feel like as a Gen Xer, I am not excited about being a part of the political process. What they've inherited as Gen Z is so different than what you and I even grew up with, Brian. Like, I think it's been surprising even for us over the past. Two, ter- or two presidential uh, elections to be like, whoa, this got ugly. Whoa, this got dirty. Right. Whoa, this got... And, you know, maybe we don't have enough shared history in our generation yet to know what it was really like beforehand. But just seems like, obviously, with social media and with so many people's opinions and with the polarization, like, things have just gotten horrible. I don't know, just ugly. And I don't have much faith in our politicians on either side these days. And so if I'm feeling that way, think about the generation, two generations underneath us, that this is all they've known. This is all they've grown up with. So of course they're saying, we're not excited to be a part of it. We're not excited to participate. Some of these will be, people will be voting for the very first time. And um, then You know, add to that, like you were saying, look, and our issues have changed. Mm -hmm. Like we're we're that's an interesting thought, too, because then it's like they're sort of orphans in the political party. Where do they belong? Who do they fit with? Who do they most align with? But I don't know that this is unique to Gen Z. I think this is all of us being exhausted by the reality of politics. And I think all of us also knowing where we're about to face like. We're just repeating something we have already lived through. This is going to be so painful.
0: Yep. Listen to this. Uh, The the, Christian day ran this poll and it says, or they reported on it, uh, percentage of each generation who say that political leaders could generally be trusted when they were growing up. Mm. The silent generation, that's like our grandparents, older than the boomers, uh, 80%. Okay. Uh, The boomers. 66%.
1: Oh, that's lower than I would have thought.
0: Gen X. I always forget. We Gen X. That's what we are, Yeah, we're Gen X, yeah. 54%. Okay. Millennials and Gen Z, 34%. Wow. So from growing up, these different generations clearly have very different even thoughts on can you trust these Mm -hmm. people? Yeah. Do you think that the issues are different because... Gen Z cares about different issues than like we did or do or even our parents? Or is it a rejection of the politics they've seen their parents do? And so therefore they're latching on to different, you know, what come first? The issues yeah. or the yeah. lack of respect. And so I don't want to buy into the issues That created all of this in their minds. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think it's probably a combination of a few things. One is like, you know, the next generation always sort of rebels against what their parents did, right? So We didn't do that. We never did that. (laughs) Um, I would say, too, like this generation has grown up totally. They are more racially and ethnically diverse than any other generation in our country. They have. I was talking to a Gen Zer the other day. She doesn't. She wasn't born during 911 like oh, no, she that's has true. no recollection yep. of 911 like their just shared memory as a generation is entirely different than ours some of them think about George Floyd in 2020 right this is uh almost 4 years ago now let's say they're 21 now they were in high school then they were like coming of age then and so they're just shaped by an entirely different america and then again here's a nation with um a generation with like social media devices at the tips of their to- their fingertips at all times since they were babies and so again like i just think they've been exposed to a more diverse topic of even issues to to care about and people say that Gen Z cares about issues around justice more than any other generation before them. I don't know if that's true, but people say that. And so it doesn't totally surprise me that like immigration creation care, prison reform are some of the things that they're passionate about.
0: I just wonder how this plays out as they get older. Like, cause it's one thing you still got to be involved if there's going to be any change, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. My daughter actually at college is part of a group that like is trying to encourage students to vote and get oh, yeah, involved that's great. and do everything. That's great. It's so funny. This is where like my own mindset's at. You know, you and I have talked enough about this, but it's also a little bit of how I was raised politically. Like when I hear them be like, yeah, I care more about this issue than abortion. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me uneasy. Oh,
1: really? It does. Because you're like that's that. Interesting.
0: For me, Currently, it's the number one issue, yeah. but it has always been the number one issue. Yeah. So to hear the next generation of Christians go, "Yeah, you know what? Number one for me is immigration or mm. climate stuff." Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, all right, settle down a little bit." Interesting. Interesting. So I can even feel that difference because I, I want to be like, "Hey, let's uh, let's not lose sight of the game." And
1: I don't yeah, know. I don't. I definitely don't have that same reaction. It, do, it doesn't like concern me or worry me. I'm actually glad to see a generation that cares about prison reform, immigration, and creation care. Like I'm glad to see these things influencing their faith and their decisions. And I don't see them as pulling out. This article sure, isn't saying sure. they're not going to vote or be involved. It just says they're not pumped about the 2024 race. Well, either am I. You Although know what we I'm know saying?
0: What, we know when people are quote unquote not pumped. They're more likely not to vote. Like yeah. that Whether you're yeah. 50, whether you're 70 years old or 21, yeah. Yeah. You're that's why they try to garner excitement all yeah, the time. Right. Sure, that's what sure, basically. Sure. What do we hear political parties? We have to get out the vote. We got to get them mobilized. Yeah. And so uh, that's where I've made that leap. But just interesting. If you're a parent or grandparent out there over Thanksgiving meal, what better time to talk about politics
1: than at <laughs> the Thanksgiving it. table? I think one more thing, like I am just very curious to see if our if a two-party system works anymore with the new generation. But I don't know how
0: it ever stops. I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I'd
1: I, I just be curious to see if it does stop and there's a third party that rises at some point.
0: It will be interesting. All right. Coming up next, Aubrey, I finally, with my wife, we finally finished Ted Lasso. Finally! Uh, and uh, it was so sad. It was kind of sad to see it be done. <laughs> Uh, But we finally finished. So you and I are going to debrief it. I've got thoughts. I got lots of thoughts. And uh, even if you've never seen Ted Lasso, stay with us, because I think I've realized some things about what people in our culture are looking for through watching Ted Lasso. We're going to talk about that next year on The Common Good AM 1160. Hope for your life. I've told you before, Aubrey, we've gotten, my wife and I have gotten a little bit more freedom in our lives since my son especially got his driver's license. That's crazy. That's awesome. He could drive. Yes. He could drive him and his sister. My other changing uh, My other daughter is away at college. So, for the first time, really, Carrie and I have always, we, especially before we had kids or when they were younger, we had shows, but it was before the streaming world mm, really started. Yeah. right? So, we'd watch NCIS This <laughs> or, you know... Uh, Seinfeld, or right, Friends, or right, The Office—we watch you know, these right. types of things. But we watched all three seasons of Ted Lasso just this uh, over the last month or for two. You. And
1: congratulations!
0: Uh, and my wife is a is a difficult. Um, she's a more difficult one to get in her lane for what she enjoys. I see.
1: She likes comedy, right? Yeah,
0: she doesn't do well with like really intense action. Yeah, she also doesn't okay. do well with like blood and gore yeah, yeah neither of us are big sci-fi people so okay. you're really narrowing right, right. what we watch as movies and shows and whatever else it might be
1: which is why you watch the office every year <laughs> love the office
0: uh so we finished ted lasso loved it loved ted nice, lasso nice loved it um I do like that by the end of it, and huge spoiler alerts coming right now, yeah. but, but hey, it's been out for a while, people. It's been out for a while.
1: Yeah, you've got time to see it. You've had time to see it, everyone.
0: I would say that I liked, i. I would say this, I loved the first season. Yeah. I really liked the third season, but okay. it was less than I liked the first season. Yeah, the season.
1: first season was just just at the right moment, the right timing, the right feel, all of it.
0: They yeah. also, I think what I learned watching Ted Lasso, what I understood was like why people were so excited about the show originally because the character development mm. is off the charts. Yeah,
1: they do such a good job of with like, story arcs, yeah
0: you it, it, it that's Jamie exactly Tart right.
1: develops Nate's whole Nate, storyline oh is gosh. unbelievable and my
0: favorite character of all of them Roy Kent, Love <laughs> everyone Roy Kent. loves Roy Kent, yeah uh, so I would say in season three uh, and I think this is what you meant when you said early on, oh, you're starting season three, I'm interested to know what you think, yeah, in season three, they take a very um aggressive kind of a a, there's there's two story arcs yeah that I would say are are kind of promoting homosexuality. Yeah, definitely. And I thought that was interesting cuz yeah. all of a sudden you're like, "Wait a minute. Are they like
1: I kind of thought one story arc I'm like, "Yeah, it's acceptable. It's a sh- you know, it's an Apple TV Plus show. It's not a Christian show." But when they they took one straight character and made her suddenly that was not the straight, one that was I was like, "All right, you're shoehorning." They this. Yeah, they, were, they <laughs> hey. were shoehorning that. I did I I thought that was actually even for like even for like the gay population, I was like, "Are you okay? With because this? Yeah. this feels like very forced.
0: Yeah, it was kind of flippant. It was kind of like okay. Yeah, but how, I,
1: how much was Rupert like Darth Vader? Like they had so many intentional Star Warsy and scenes in, in Aubrey, episode so three that, that I say was that. like, whoa. In season
0: three, I said to Carrie, "I'm like, oh, he's just Darth Vader." Yeah, they did that that on the purpose. He has the long, flowing yes. black. Yeah, I did like how his how he became more and more fragile.
1: Yeah, like yeah.
0: It was like, oh, it, like you could almost go, there's a biblical arc here in that guy's mm. life where his sin mm. came back to have consequences. Totally. And by the end of the show, he's kind of forgotten and broken. Yep. yep. And his ex-wife, who the whole show starts because she wants to get back at him, yeah. is now independent and doing right. well. Right. And,
1: I liked her storyline quite a bit. The ending of her story was really great.
0: Yeah. Uh, they were, I felt like they wrapped up a lot of things. But I am still of the mindset that I want everything wrapped up.
1: Yeah, so are you bothered that Keely and Roy Kent didn't end up together? Or Keely and Jamie Tart didn't end up together? I am
0: bothered that Keely and Roy Kent did not Me end too. up back. I wanted but that to But also that you don't fully know if they're not back right, together. Right, right. I don't like knowing... I wanted to think that in the end, Ted and his wife got back together. Yeah, I think
1: they, they hinted at that. It felt like it was heading that direction. They hinted at it I a bunch,
0: liked. but like I want to be like,
1: yeah, I feel it's like why
0: I love the end of Friends, where it's like very clear. it's everybody's very clear. Together. Yes,
1: all of the loose ends are tied up. I know. I feel like sometimes shows don't know if they're getting another season or if they're doing a spinoff. And so they wrap up some things, but they leave enough where like, oh, well, if we wanted to reboot it, the story could go this way or that right. way or that way. And unfortunately, that does leave the audience a little like, well, wait, what about this storyline? I wanted this thing to happen. Wait, what about this here? And Ted Lasso definitely didn't have a clean cut ending in every situation.
0: I do like that they brought back Nate. Uh, Because he got so that was such a great
1: storyline. Yeah, that
0: by the end he's back. Yeah, and he's part of that. Do love that whole like where they would bark at each other, the Diamond Dogs. That's the best.
1: (laughs) That was fun. But the
0: biggest takeaway: let's make, let's grant, let's make this. Let's take some societal stuff as to why this. Because you could say at least on a comedy kind of. That Ted Lasso is the biggest show in the last five years. It yeah. was winning all it was the up Emmys, there for and sure. yeah. like you have to differentiate it from things like Game of Thrones, right? It's just different. We're talking things.
1: comedy, feel good shows, yeah.
0: I think the takeaway was, uh, we don't believe this, but I think that our co- we want to like people. Mm. We want the feel good.
1: You want to. We want, you want people to, cheer to be a nice. Hero on, yeah.
0: Ted Lasso's just Michael Scott. Yeah. Like, more fleshed out. Yeah. Ted Lasso, although...
1: Well, way less... Socially inappropriate than Michael Scott But
0: I mean like how Michael Scott is lovable Like that's what's like the, the draw Of the office when it first started You could just laugh at Michael yeah. Scott and he was like, Yeah, Although I thought an interesting part Of Ted Lasso was making Ted Have these panic attacks
1: Yeah, I, I thought that was actually really good because it was a critique of A friend of mine that he was too nice In the first episode that like What was what was coming across as nice to everyone was actually him hiding his pain. And I thought that was very clear, becomes very clear. And so I do think they gave him a level of depth with the panic attacks and the anxiety instead of just, oh, you're just this unnecessarily nice guy. It was like, oh, there's something underneath that. Like, I do think his character was the nice guy and the joyful guy and the refreshing. It was such a refreshing narrative especially when it came out, there was so much yucky stuff going on in the real world. Like to have this just joyful, kind person (laughs) was such a gift. I mean, if you remember it came out in COVID, it came out during an election, like, um, but I think to add that layer of depth, like he was more than just a nice guy. He also had struggles too. I think that was really brilliant of the writers, Uh,
0: especially at the end, like the last season where he like tells off his mom. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah.
0: Okay. And then I just, I w- it was fun. So it's th- the show. It's a fun show yeah, yeah. with some hard stuff to wrestle mm-hmm. with. It's not one of these shows where everyone's like, "That was so deep." But you're like, watch it, and you're like, "I feel dirty." Yeah, I feel no, no, like no this. it wasn't like that. Ted Lasso was not like that. I was if sad when com- it ended. If you're
1: not comfortable with foul language, you will not like some of the characters in, but in even Ted Lasso. Fa-
0: I agree with you. But even the foul language was funny. Roy Kent, Carrie and I make more jokes about Roy Kent yeah. and the way he used the F bomb at all so moments. So
1: funny. Half the, have you seen like some of the scenes the characters just break character and start laughing? Like the actors break character yes. and start laughing because that actor is so funny. Do you as know Roy that Kent. Roy
0: Kent is a comedian? Yeah. I told that to Carrie and she was like, What? He's also
1: in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So cheer me on. I made it through like people, like adults do these days. Finally. I made it Finally. through. Finally, I've been
1: waiting for you forever. I'm like, when are we going to talk about it? Uh, now I, I can't I, even remember half the show.
0: Now we'll need to talk about what Carrie and I need to watch next because we're a little bit out of a loss. I know, I I know will you tell texted you this. Me. I
1: will tell you this about Ted Lasso just to wrap up the sentimentality. So my best friend Jen, her favorite show was Ted Lasso. Was she, it? Yeah, she did not get to see season three because she passed away. Hmm. So when the last episode came out, her husband Justin invited us over and he made us Ted Lasso's um, you know, the little like biscuits yes, that he made for, yes. and he put it in a pink box. He had ordered them online. No and so we way. sat there in Jen's honor and ate Ted Lasso's biscuits and watched the final show. And it was actually pretty emotional oh, to like imagine. do that, you know, but, but something, something pretty special too came out of that show for us to have that moment together. Oh,
0: that's cool. So I'm an adult. I watched Good Ted job. Lasso. Congratulations, sir. We enjoyed it on to the next one.
1: We will be back again tomorrow from four to 6 p.m. For Brian from I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.